0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Welcome to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends, your radio destination for living room conversation about some of the challenges you may be experiencing in life. Exclusively presented by Psychological Counseling Services, PCS. The Relationship Show, where Dr. Allison Nirenberg will listen to your problems and provide some practical solutions. It's The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and her friends, Jeff and Joe, recording from the Jacob Media Studios.
1: Welcome to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. I'm Dr. Allison, and I am so glad you're with us today. The topic is a very important one, although it's a heartbreaking one to talk about. It's called betrayal trauma. What betrayal trauma is, it's trauma that's been perpetrated by someone with whom the victim is reliant upon for survival, like a parent or a romantic partner. For the sake of this show, we're gonna focus on romantic partners. Although you may not depend on your spouse for your survival, financially, you may depend on him, or you may have kids together, And let me tell you, affairs are devastating. I've heard patients say it is much easier if you are raped by a stranger than let down by someone who is supposed to cherish you. The Institute of Family Studies reports that infidelity impacts 20 to 25% of marriages. 20% of men and 13% of women have had sex outside of their marriages. So what this looks like, this looks like an explosion in your relationship, an extramarital affair. It could be a financial betrayal or finding out that there has been significant dishonesty in your marriage. What it leads to is heartbreak. So some of the symptoms can be loss of self-esteem, numbness, anger, guilt, difficulty controlling emotions. You could have intrusive thoughts that keep you up at night, or a loss of faith in others, suspicion, you might be waiting for the other shoe to drop, or have depression, anxiety, and other mental health symptoms, or difficulties sleeping and stomach problems. How do you heal after this happens? Well, listeners, if you just found out about an affair, the first thing to do is just breathe. Breathe in and breathe out and realize you don't have to make any decisions today. If this happened years ago and you are not over it yet, that is okay, too. Healing takes time. There's this assumption in our culture that we get over things quickly and that heartbreak you just move on from. That's not true. What I'm going to talk about and advocate for is patience, being kind to yourself, increasing your self-care, being gentle with yourself. for example, take some responsibilities off of your plate. instead of having to cook elaborate meals, maybe you just order in, or ask a friend to drive your carpool, or just not worrying about raking the leaves or all the things you should do. Take care of yourself. Spend time t- excuse me, spend time outdoors in nature. Watch a sunset. Look at the leaves changing colors. Really take care of your soul. Even though you might be heartbroken and not want to eat, it's important to try and eat nutritious meals, eat enter- energizing food. Not sleeping is a tough side effect. Uh, what I recommend is you know, using aromatherapy, which is lavenders and on your pillowcase or taking hot baths or listening to soothing music. Try and do your best to rest as much as you can. Also, don't handle your relationship crisis alone. Find a safe friend whom you can share it with. If you feel stressed because all of your friends are the same friends as your partners and you don't want to share all this important information, call a long-distance friend. Ask her to come visit you, and if somebody cares about you enough, they will. I call it developing an angel network. Summon your angels to come with you and take care of you. Also, reach out to a trusted therapist or member of the clergy for support. You don't have to handle the weight of the world alone. You can begin journaling, too. I, I recommend writing down your story because so often you lose your voice when there's an affair. You feel like you haven't been able to tell your side of the story. Write it down. There's power in writing down your story and finding the meaning in your pain. You also can set boundaries. What boundaries are is they're guidelines, rules, or limits to create safety. For example, you can say that you want your partner to sleep in a hotel or to stay with family members for a while or sleep in another bedroom in your house just so that you can have your own bed for a while and feel safe. Therapists can help you with setting boundaries. Also, if your partner seems to have an addiction, you can say for the relationship to work, they need to go to treatment, whether it's to an inpatient treatment or see a therapist on an outpatient basis. Although the situation of infidelity and betrayal is terrible, this does not have to break you. You are more than this pain, and you will endure. I want to welcome my co-host to the show, I've got Joe, and I've got my husband, Jeff, here. What do you think about this topic?
2: I think it's uh, a very big topic, and I think that uh, it touches a lot of lives, a lot of relationships, and it's portrayed all the time in television, movies, books, and it's been glamorized almost. It's a shame because it causes a lot of pain and, uh, and so much uh, discomfort in the family, and, and, and the ripple effect is awful. But I think that popular culture, you know, it's just a really big topic, but I, I, I don't think that people realize how damaging it really is.
1: You know, it's so interesting, Jeff. I hear that all the time from patients about how they can't even watch a TV show because there's always an affair, and it just brings them right back.
2: It's the biggest topic. I mean, if you've been through the affair or any type of betrayal in a marriage, in a, in a relationship, I mean, every television show, every movie, every book— Really, the dominant plot line is usually the affair. And it must be, like, just that, that trauma repeating itself again yeah. and again and again. Re-traumatizing.
3: Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's twofold, really. I mean, what, you know, the affair itself and then trying to get through the affair. And, and it's so complicated, really. I mean, you, you think about um, that, you know, just when you're the part, when you're the individual whose uh, uh, partner uh, you obviously had the affair, um, complicated uh, trying to it through emotions that you can't even—you you don't even know. And so, um, finding out about the affair, living through—by it. By the way, um, the circumstances of which um, the, the affair cre- was, was created, how about, how about one partner not paying attention to um, his partner and never being home, okay? Maybe that person's working a lot. Okay, and ha- is well intentioned, uh, and leaves the other person alone, and it's year, years, and years, and years, and and so there are so many comp, and there's no excuses, but the fact is, is that there's causes, um, and and maybe everything was great, and someone just strayed and did something really stupid, but there's a, so you got the cause, the actual happening, and the finding out of it, and then trying to get through it, man, it's it's an incredibly complicated situation.
1: It really is, and it can be heartbreaking too.
3: Absolutely,
1: because the problem is, it just takes. So long.
3: It's a yeah. trust that the, 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 some people can never, ever, if you're a loved one, if the person you love breaches that trust, who else can you trust?
1: Yeah, that's it. Right. And you stop trusting other people and you stop trusting yourself, and this can keep you stuck for years, and it's it, it's really heartbreaking.
3: Absolutely. A future, it, it, you know, if, if, it, if it devastates that relationship and you don't get through it, do you bring it to other relationships? Chances are a lot of people do that. They, they want to make sure it never happens again, and, and therefore they sabotage their own relationships in the future.
1: It, there's a lot of, to, to talk about. And I'm going to have an expert come in who really specializes in dealing with trauma as well. Um, we're going to have Dr. Gloria Gilbert come in after the break.
0: Thanks for listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends, supported by the Keystone Center in Chester, PA, part of United Health Systems. The show returns after this timeout.
4: Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after. Moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love. By Dr. Allison Nirenberg, available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Relationship Show, with support from Nirenberg Law Associates. If you were injured in a car accident, suffered a slip and fall, or a work-related injury, talk with a personal injury attorney who will get you the proper compensation. With offices in Center City, go to PhillyPILaw.com.
5: Injured in an accident. Let the law firm of Nirenberg Law Associates work for you because your choice of attorney matters. Let the law firm of Nierenberg Law Associates educate you on your rights because your choice of attorney matters. Meet directly with founder Jeff Nierenberg. He's results oriented. He's aggressive when he needs to be on your behalf and he wins. Go to phillypilaw.com. That's phillypilaw.com.
1: Welcome back to the Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nuremberg and friends. I have a guest who's with us today from the prestigious Psychological Counseling Services in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is Dr. Gloria Gilbert. She is a licensed psychologist who specializes in treating trauma as well as eye movement desensitization, EMDR. She is a certified sex addiction therapist, a certified clinical partner specialist, and a certified partner trauma therapist. Dr. Gilbert facilitates support groups for women whose partners have betrayed them sexually and whose partners may be struggling with a sex addiction. She believes that trauma is not just what happens to you, but what happens inside you. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gloria. Thank you very much. So I'd like to start off by you telling the audience a little bit about yourself and how you decided to specialize in treating trauma.
6: Absolutely. So my passion for becoming a psychologist started when I was around 15 years old. I was in high school taking a psychology class and we were assigned to write a paper on a topic of our choice and I selected child abuse. And in researching the various forms of child abuse, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, I was really impacted by the high prevalence rates and was inspired to help others heal from trauma. So I wrote away to the American Psychological Association, you know, we didn't have the internet back then, for information about becoming a psychologist, and I remember the day the manila envelope arrived in the mail with a brochure on how to become a psychologist and all about psychologists, and it said you needed a doctorate, and I had no idea what that was, but I was going to get one. So I went to college majoring in psychology with the intention of you know, pursuing graduate training, So, early in my career, I specialized in working with children and teens, and about 17 years ago, I joined Psychological Counseling Services, PCS, and started working more with adults. One of the areas that PCS specializes in, in addition to trauma in general, is in the treatment of sex addiction. So, I pursued training to become uh, a certified sex addiction therapist, like you said, a CSAT, and out of that training, the module that I was most interested in focusing on was working with uh, partners and families of those struggling with sex addiction. So I became a certified clinical partner specialist as well.
1: So treating trauma survivors, in particular partners who have been betrayed or are married to sex addicts, it can be at times so heartbreaking. What have you learned yeah. through doing this type of work?
6: Sure. Well. What I have learned and what many therapists who work with betrayal trauma know and understand is that these types of traumas are attachment bond injuries, and attachment injuries are one of the most painful types of trauma. So with, with this betrayal, it can lead to the relationship being perceived as a source of danger rather than a safe haven. So many of our betrayed partners, after learning about the betrayal, do exhibit symptoms of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So some of those symptoms might include, uh, for example, reliving aspects of the experience, like the flashbacks, nightmares of the incident, um, perhaps even avoiding uh, people, places, things, memories that might remind them of the trauma. Um, Another symptom might be what's referred to as excessive arousal, so increased alertness, even anger, bits of rage, uh, difficulty sleeping, concentrating, uh, intrusive negative thoughts, and feelings of guilt, or there can even be a numbing of, of their emotions. So uh, betrayal trauma can be very significant, uh, Doctor. If, if
3: you would, uh, I'd like to kind of. Uh, uh, this is Joe Doherty. I'm I'm one of the co-hosts on the show. And um, are, are are some of these issues, if untreated, can they last a lifetime? And I'm talking about, you know, a lot of the um, the reactions and the PTSD.
6: They can, you know, but we understand about trauma is that. Um, when we have a traumatic experience, if we're not able to release that emotional pain in a relatively short period of time, that that trauma can sort of get stuck inside our emotional memory. Uh, we often think of trauma as experience as being experienced in childhood, yeah. and certainly that can happen. Um, but trauma can happen at any age, yeah, I, I... and. No, I was going to uh-huh. say.
3: I was going to say, um, you, you know, because I don't. I, I'm wondering how many people actually go to see a counselor, and 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 you know, are able to kind of um, work through this issue, especially since it can be such a serious issue uh, that it lasts a lifetime um, if goes of goes untreated. Uh, I'm going to take a shot at this. I'm not, you know, in your profession, but um, a lot of people, you know, so. Uh, you know, other other, you know, it can manifest itself in ways where revenge, uh, you know, bitterness, uh, holding something over somebody's head for their entire life if they if they never really uh, go, you know, get it treated, is, is that on point? That can certainly happen.
6: Uh, Allison, did you have? Yes, I agree, and, of that?
1: and I think sometimes our culture kind of promotes that of revenge and you know, keying somebody's car. There's songs about that. There's about like you know, I'm going to get even. Or it's also why our divorce rate is as high as it is. People aren't working
3: on their relationship. We're going out and you know, cheating on the, you know, you know, okay, you cheated on me, I'm cheating on you type of thing.
2: The, the key, I would think, this is Jeffrey. How are you? I'm Allison's husband.
6: Great, thank
2: you. So, I, I assume the key is to get immediate treatment, both uh, individual and potentially even uh, couples therapy. I would think those two would be very, very useful in the beginning.
1: And even, even group. I know that groups can be very powerful, and I know that you've been doing groups with women who have been betrayed. How has that been for you, Gloria?
6: Well, actually, supporting uh, women through my support groups is one of the highlights of, of my week. Uh, you know, in my in my job. So I do want to say that partner betrayal can occur in any relationship regardless of sexual orientation and regardless of gender identification. So the pain is similar, you know, regardless of those factors, but the majority of my experience is with women who are in heterosexual relationships. So for the women in my group, all of them have experienced some form of sexual betrayal by their partner and they're all committed to their healing journey and committed to honoring the emotional safety of the group members. And a while back, I asked them, I sort of queried them how they feel the group is helpful for them. And based on their feedback, their responses seem to fall into two main categories. One is the sense of, like, I'm not alone. So, For example, one of the participants um, shared, uh, these are her words, it helps not feeling alone. One or two years prior to joining the group, I didn't know anyone else in my situation. I felt like I was going to go crazy. Talking with others in this group is super comforting. There are no judgments. It's safe. And then another category of benefit was a sense of hope. So for those who are new, it gives them hope to see that others are farther along in their healing journey. And then for those farther along, it's helpful for them to see how far they've come and to be able to offer support for those new members.
3: When I think about it, I really have two questions, and I'm going to save the second one because they're both pretty lengthy in regards to a potential response. But is there a difference between the difference in the way women or men react? Because you have—listen, let's get right to the heart. You know, you watch the news. There, you know, we—you know, jealous guys, and, and I mean, they're— how many how many murders have them, uh, the, there been where many. It, many it, 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 ma- Many. many. Well, right. and my experience by, is- by th- men killing your yeah. wife under under a circumstance, right. is there a difference in the way men or women react?
1: I've seen more shame with men in this. And when, when women are having compulsive sexual affairs, the men feel less manly, less good about themselves. And it, it you know, it can go more towards anger initially, but it's the, I I see there's even more shame that you know women in our culture aren't supposed to be uh, sexualized but, but and acting out. But you,
2: when you say to both of you, to both uh, therapists, women, there's higher incident rates now of women cheating. I mean, we're seeing that more and more. It used to be a man-dominated field, but I would think that women are starting to get involved more often also in, in betrayal and, and cheating.
1: With more women in the workplace, there's more opportunities yeah. in a way. There, you know, it's not like women in the fifties where women are just staying home in the house.
3: And I would like to ask the doc on that on that um, on that note, Jeff. Um, when a woman cheats, is it for different reasons than a man cheats?
6: Gloria, so, you want to take that, Gloria? Yeah, Great. Sure. So. What contributes to cheating, what contributes to a sexual or even a love addiction, is very complex. Mm-hmm. The bottom line, I think that's common, whether you're male, female or, or gay, straight, is the need for connection. We are uh, all we're all human, and we all have that need to connect it's one of our basic needs. And for whatever reason, if we never, if we grow up in a family where uh, there is a block to that ability to form those, those healthy attachment bonds where uh, it feels safe to connect, or even in adulthood when we have uh, relational injuries, uh, that can interrupt our ability to seek out connection in healthy ways. And so whether it's quote-unquote, just cheating or a form of addiction, typically what's driving that is that need to connect. And with the affairs, with the um, sexual acting out, it's it's a temporary fix.
1: Can you tell us about a particular situation when you counsel somebody going through trauma? What worked well or what could you have done differently?
6: Oh, sure. So, uh, there comes to mind a client, uh, who even just recently we used, uh, trauma therapies, including EMDR, as well as I'm, I'm, uh, trained in internal family systems and sensory motor psychotherapy, which is looking at how the body stores trauma. And using those therapies, uh, I worked with this client. She's a betrayed partner whose husband had repeatedly acted out with a past affair partner, and she was really struggling, understandably, with thoughts like, if I mattered, if our family mattered, he wouldn't have done that. He tells me he loves me, but that's not love. And her core belief was the sense of not being enough. So through our work with these these trauma therapy, she was able to connect with her anger towards her husband, to express that in our session, and even more so how much she hates the addiction. And underneath the anger, she tapped into a lot of feelings of sadness, loneliness, And from there, was able to connect with a very early trauma related to her parents' divorce when she was only about four years old and what that was like for her when her dad left. And during her processing of that event, she was amazed at how those feelings were so similar that what she was feeling now as an adult, she said, it's exactly the same, that sense of loneliness, that sense of sadness. Uh, which makes sense because that, too, was a form of an attachment trauma. Quick, so quick question, just to... I just want to jump mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Is, is, there, is
2: there a higher incident rate to cheating and betrayal with a family history of, of that? Great, great the, question. The
6: so I don't think that we have data to support that. Um, but there is that saying, you know, hurts people hurts people. So certainly— if we have our own trauma histories and that's not addressed, that we don't seek out healing for that, that we're going to have a greater likelihood to, you know, hurt others, make choices that aren't aren't you know, are devastating, damaging. Okay, so let me let me personal. kind
3: of ju- jump in 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 in, um, in another way, kind of on Jeff's question. If your father was a womanizer, yeah. okay, and uh, you know, obviously showed less commitment in the in 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 a, in, a, in a family and, and a mother, and a kid grows up seeing that, is there more likely that a, than a, that a, a son would also do the same?
1: I have found that there is because this is behavior that's modeled. You know, if it's not worked through, it gets repeated.
3: Yeah, that's, it's, it's definitely interesting.
1: I'm going to need to take a break right now for a commercial, but this is an interesting conversation, and let's keep talking about uh, betrayal trauma and how we get through it when uh, we return.
0: If you want to connect directly with Dr. Alison Nirenberg, drop her an email, healingrelationshipspa.com.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Allison Nierenberg. I'm a licensed psychologist who has been treating patients for the past 30 years. I am a compassionate, dynamic, and interactive psychologist who wants to help you live your best life. For me, it is important to have a common sense approach to therapy and be down to earth. If you choose to work with me, you will find me to be honest, direct, and kind. The feedback that I receive most from patients is that I'm authentic and real and care deeply about the people I work with. I also am a very positive person who focuses on my clients' strengths in order to help them heal. In particular, I am passionate about working with individuals who are recovering from addictions to alcohol, drugs, food, sex, and love, as well as struggles in their relationships. I also work well with infidelity issues, codependency, transitions in life, and love to teach practical skills on how to get along with difficult people. In general, I work really well with individuals who have the life goal of loving others and being loved. Values that I bring to my work are honesty, warmth, and holding myself and others accountable. I use my many years of training and clinical expertise to help you live a meaningful life of integrity. Whether you work with me, or one of my competent clinical associates, what I can tell you is that we will be loyal, strong, and supportive of you through the entire process. In this practice, I integrate philosophies from the psychological, medical, and self-help communities in order to treat the whole person. I believe in collaborating with others and have built a treatment team of the best clinical staff in the area to support you on your healing journey. I also really believe in the power of psychotherapy. A genuine, caring, therapeutic relationship can be a safe place to begin your journey. I would be honored to be a part of it.
4: Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after. Moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love. By Dr. Allison Nirenberg, available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers.
0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners.
4: Welcome back to
1: The Relationship Show. We have our guest here, Dr. Gloria, and we are discussing betrayal trauma. How we handle affairs, how we help patients recover, how we help ourselves,
3: how do we deal with these wounds? I, I'd like to ask the doc, uh, if, if Dr. Gloria, if is it possible for somebody to actually have you ever, you know, treated a couple or an individual who was the scorned one um, to actually get through it uh, in a minimal type of way?
6: Absolutely. Now, a lot of that does depend on. Let's say it's the woman who is the wife in a relationship, and her husband has acted out. Uh, if the husband is committed to recovery, if he can establish, help her establish that sense of emotional emotional safety again, if he prioritizes the repair of the relationship. There is hope, and there can be uh, that repair of the relationship. That said, uh, what I often tell my betrayed partner clients is that the trust may never be the same. It will likely never be the way that it was, and that's okay. And there there can be a new kind of trust that, that gets forged Uh you know, a, a more informed kind of, of trust, and so, the biggest thing is for the betrayed partner to be able to connect with with her gut again, to be able to be able to trust her own sense of you know when are we emotionally connected, when do things feel right in in the marriage or in the relationship, and when are things feeling off, and, and what do we need to do to make sure that we connect, and, and same thing with the husband.
1: I, I look at it as grieving in a way. In a sense, it's like the first marriage that you had it is dead and it's, yeah. it's a loss so there's a part of it that takes time to grieve and to heal
3: so you're reestablishing a relationship in a yeah. sense? yeah but I, in I, a way I,
1: your perfect family vision Isn't, you know, going back to perfection. This is not what you signed up for. This is not what you expected. This is not what you wanted. You're, you know, there's wounds and there's also when there's kids involved, often keeping
2: the secret doesn't work and the kids find out. Do you have patients, though, that are able to build a new relationship and and move forward in a positive way? I
1: do. I mean, I, I liked what uh, Dr. Gloria was saying about the importance of knowing that they're both working on themselves. It's hard for just a, a spouse to recover if she's feeling that her husband isn't doing the work.
3: Yeah, I, I wanted to—a uh, friend of mine told me—and i not going to obviously disclose any names, but um, that— uh, they, they went through a similar situation, and he said that the word sorry uh, it, it had to keep reinventing itself. In other words, uh, they went through therapy, he apologized, he did all those things, and yet— his partner would constantly bring it up. Maybe not constantly, but over the years. Yeah. And, and, and how, how does someone react to something like that? I said I was sorry. You know what I mean? It's, well, it's,
1: it's living amends, you know, and it becomes a different level of accountability. So what I've seen is, that you know, if somebody... Is out for a while on a Saturday. They need to start texting more and be instead of having empty time. And it's a whole
2: different way of living. It's a new relationship, and you have to have new rules. And you either follow the new rules, or it's not going to be repaired. And and
3: and in the sense, uh, I, I'm just assuming that once you delve into that and, and you touch the forbidden fruit, you eat the forbidden fruit. That you're delving into an area where where, where cut and dry doesn't exist. In other words, totally no, unpredictable.
2: Yeah. Everything's unpredictable, and and you don't know what's going to happen. And you you had brought up a a question about the kids. Talk about how this has affected the kids in your practice, Allison.
1: You know, it... it it's, it's hard because so often people want to protect their kids and they don't want to tell the kids. But kids are perceptive, and especially when they're a certain age, you know, when they're teenagers, for example, is getting older.
3: When you say tell the kids, you're talking about, about the, the breach of trust, the, 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 the cheating?
1: I think, kids fi- I think kids find out a lot. They, hear, they see phones nowadays. They find out about messages. What do you think, Gloria?
6: Oh, absolutely. There is research to support that, uh, adolescents and young adult children of, uh, families where there's sex addiction, betrayal, that they know way more than what the parents think that they know. So I absolutely agree with you, Allison. They absorb so much. And even if they don't uh, exactly know the details, they sense the tension and that uncertainty about why there's that tension, why you know, mom and dad are acting the way they are, why is mom crying all the time? that can even create more
3: anxiety of not knowing why. You know, it's interesting. My wife just told me, I'm trying to remember the actual reference in the individual, but she told me a story that was right along these lines. And this is what she said. A daughter ended a relationship with her mother because her father left when they were younger. The mother never told her why. She thought yeah. she was protecting her. Yeah decades and decades later, she hated her mother. And the mother told her when she, because obviously the fa- the father had passed away and she finally told her, she said, look, I, I didn't tell you about the breach, of course, because yeah. I tried to protect you. The daughter broke down and said, I hated you for years because I thought it was your fault and you pushed my father away. The uh, secret uh, ended the relationship. Th- yeah. th- that secret. Although having said that, a lot of people try to keep that away from their kids if, and see if they can recon- reconcile. The, the, right.
1: the word I mentioned earlier in in the seg- first segment was um, boundaries. Like, I don't think you need to tell every detail, but I think to normalize that the kids aren't crazy for sensing things are wrong
2: is important. Do you advocate uh, family therapy with the kids initially, or do you let it marinate for a little while, or what, what's, what are the best practices at Yeah, point? I'd love
1: to hear Gloria's perspective.
2: Gloria, My, what do you think about that? I think that? it's
1: important. I really think it's important for the kids. You don't want the kids to end up repeating the past, as Joe brought up earlier.
2: Yeah.
6: Absolutely. Well, I think the priority needs to be on the parents individually as well as their coupleship and for that to become more solid and, you know, as that strengthens, then to be able to incorporate uh, the children in family therapy. And along the lines of what Allison's saying, you know, boundaries, what to say to the children, I recommend developmentally appropriate information. So never getting into the nitty-gritty details but what is enough for them to understand? You know, with trauma, especially as children, if we don't understand what's happening, if we're experiencing these bad things, these negative experiences, and we don't have a way to understand why they're happening, we're going to default to, it's about me. I'm bad. It's my fault. Right. And so it's so important for children to have an understanding that makes sense to them. What makes sense to a four year old is going to be very different than what makes sense to a 14 year old. You, you got it. So it meant may- something that's. So critical for parents, uh, family therapists to make sure that children are understanding, you know, what's happening at that developmentally appropriate level, so that then they don't internalize it about themselves. Couple thoughts: I, I keep thinking of the
1: recovery term "secrets keep us sick," and so it's important to, to I, be honest. I, I
3: know what you're saying, Allison. Um, and, and, but uh, uh, so many people take the adage, listen, I want to I want to protect the, the child. And then on the other hand, when there is a breach in a marriage, so many people, you know, that you get in the blame game and your father's this, your mother's this, and next thing you know, that impacts the kids even, you know what I mean? I want to
1: rush us uh, to the next thing before we, uh, Go ahead. so we have some time, and I hate to end this conversation, but I, I want to make sure I read these letters and get Gloria's insight as well. My first letter is, Dear Dr. Allison, I just found out two weeks ago that my husband has been having an affair for the last year. I am so heartbroken, I can't eat anything, and I'm having a hard time sleeping. I just toss and turn all night. I am so angry at him and have been screaming at him in front of the kids. That is out of character for me, and my kids know something is up. I thought my husband was my best friend. We did not have a bad marriage and even had an active sex life. Now I can't look at him because I'm just so disappointed. I told my mother, but she was not very supportive and just told me to go to church and pray. I don't know if I even want the marriage anymore. How could my best friend have betrayed me like that? Now I don't think I can ever trust anyone again. What should I do? Shattered Samantha from Bucks County.
6: Any Mm -hmm. thoughts, Gloria? Yes, well, my heart goes out to her, and her story is so very typical of so many that we see here at our office. So the first thing I would want her to know is that she is not alone. There are so many others out there who are and have experienced betrayal trauma. And so much of what she shared is so common among those reactions to uh, being betrayed. So, First off, what I would want her to know is that her her partner's acting out, his choice to have an affair, is not about her. So, so many women internalize that. They think that they're not desirable enough. Uh, there's something wrong with their sexual competency. This is about the partner's inability, uh, the the one who acted out his inability to cultivate connection and intimacy, and certainly there there are likely relationship issues that need to be addressed, just like in any marriage. But your partner has made that choice to find temporary comfort, temporary pleasure outside of the relationship, and she talked about not being able to sleep and her ability to function, being dysregulated, that is very common as well with a major trauma. Our prefrontal cortex gets compromised, and that's where our executive functioning lies, our ability to start tasks, finish tasks, regulate ourselves. And so the more that she can be gentle with herself, understand that she has sustained a major trauma, so just like if you know we had a physical assault of some sort, we would have to give tender loving care to our bodies same thing with our emotional healing. So making sure to the best she could that she is eating healthy, eating regularly, getting some exercise, at least setting time enough time for her to get her sleep. Uh, if sleep is an issue, perhaps consulting with her doctor for some support around that. Would you say,
2: not to interrupt you, would you put together a support group? Would you tell some people or, or you know, would you? is it important to get there and get the support of... You know, friends and family.
6: Absolutely. Well, so in terms of our emotional self-care, connecting with others is so critical. With sexual betrayal, it's tricky because we really need to be mindful of who we share things with because not everyone um, is trustworthy, unfortunately. So we need to make sure we're sharing with people who we know can can honor our confidentiality, honor our privacy, and also who we feel won't judge us, or you know maybe won't judge our spouse, especially if we choose to stay in the relationship. Um, some of the participants in my support group, besides their therapist, they have not shared with anyone because they don't feel that they have that support in their life. Boy, that's heartbreaking
1: not to have anybody else that you can let in. And even if it's a friend or a long distance friend, I I just feel like, you know, it's it's important to have some angels
3: in your life. I I know we're going to break, but I will say this. I, I, I heard what you just said there about, you know, telling, building a sport network, but at the same time, hoping they don't all just turn on that person because yeah. it's, it's, it's a delicate balance. A lot of people, especially if they've gone through the same thing, so it's very I, interesting.
1: I had a patient once who said, you can't unring a bell. Once you tell somebody, it's out there. That's right. So there's right. there's that hard part about, you know, who do I trust and how, you know, I got to be careful about
4: this.
2: And you want to protect your kids and your family and, and your business and your reputation There's right. a lot of factors. P- plus, you don't want, your, you know, some people will, will get on your butt and go, I can't believe you're back with him,
3: and constantly beat you up over it when you're going through your own, there's a million scenarios.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to need yeah. to take a break, but we will have a whole other segment to get to our next letter and,
4: you know, talk a little bit. More about this topic. Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after, moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers.
0: Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in.
2: They will make this the easiest thing that you... I know it's not easy, but they will make this as easy as
0: possible. Life celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I I just know that my dad, who is in charge of
2: everything, was was not in charge of anything at that point when when my mom passed, and uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for for making it easy.
0: Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Relationship Show. With support from Nierenberg Law Associates. If you were injured in a car accident, suffered a slip and fall, or a work-related injury, talk with a personal injury attorney who will get you the proper compensation. With offices in Center City, go to PhillyPILAw.com.
5: Injured in an accident? Let the law firm of Nierenberg Law Associates work for you because your choice of attorney matters. Let the law firm of Nierenberg Law Associates educate you on your rights because your choice of attorney matters. Meet directly with founder Jeff Nierenberg. He's results-oriented, he's aggressive when he needs to be on your behalf, and he wins. Go to phillypilaw.com. That's phillypilaw.com.
1: Welcome back to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and Friends. I'm Dr. Allison. I have my guests, Dr. Gloria Gilbert and Jeff Nirenberg, as well as Joe Dougherty. We're all talking about the topic of betrayal trauma. I have another letter that I'd love to discuss as a group. This one was, Dear Dr. Allison, I think my wife is a sex addict. I just found out that she has been sending naked pictures to two different guys she works with. When we were engaged, she also cheated on me with a neighbor of ours. It was so difficult for me to get over it, but she convinced me that it had only happened once and it would never happen again. We saw a couple's therapist a few times back then, and I decided to be forgiving because I really loved her. I still run into that guy sometimes in the neighborhood, and it is hard. Now, four years later, I looked on her phone and found out that she is sending naked pictures of herself to coworkers. I feel like the laughing stock of my town. She is begging me to forgive her. I know she was sexually abused as a child, and I feel bad for her in some ways, but I don't want to be made a fool of anymore. Is there any hope she'll ever change, angry Alan?" I'm glad we have a letter from a a male, so we have a a perspective that, yes, this does happen with women as well, like we spoke about.
6: Absolutely. Well, his uh, emotional responses are so understandable, and and again, I think all of our hearts go out to him. So, similarly, with, with male sex addicts, so much depends on his wife's willingness to seek treatment, to recognize that. This may not just be that one-off situation that what is driving perhaps that compulsive need to send those pictures? What is she seeking, and what is the need that's driving that? And that is not an easy answer, and that's not a quick fix by any means. It was, so, in- it was
1: interesting, Gloria, how she, he mentioned also about her childhood sexual abuse. And so yeah. often there's this re-traumatizing behavior. That happens if there's unresolved trauma.
6: right. Well, with most addictions, there is a history of family of origin, childhood trauma uh, that the addiction is, is is being used to try to cover up that pain. So very important for uh, this wife, if she's willing, to be able to do that deep
3: work. How do you define uh, sex addiction? Because it seems like you know there must be a million different types yeah. of ways. You talk about somebody sending out uh, naked pictures, or yeah. uh, watching porn, or, or or you know cheating, or doing you know there must be a, a yeah. bunch of different forms. Talk about that.
1: I look at it as out of control behavior that the person has tried to stop
2: but been unable. And there's consequences. In a
3: different in, in, in a number of different formats potentially.
2: But there has to be consequences, meaning that there has to be a loss of a job, a loss of a marriage, a loss of a girlfriend, the cutting off of children if the behavior goes on and there's no consequences, it really isn't a problem in their life, and it's going to continue. But in di-
3: so so, in other words, somebody's doing something enough to, it to impact their life.
1: Well, yeah, it's kind of like even if we look at drinking, you know, somebody could get loaded in college and they could get drunk, but you know, it's not an addiction because it happened one time or it happened a couple of times. Right. But it's not something that they got a DUI from or that they or, their or marriage was business,
2: by a threat. You own your own business. You're single and and you drink too much or you have a sex problem, but it doesn't affect anything. You're, you're at home. You're able to conduct your business. You're not affecting other people. It might never, ever become a problem. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. There's no consequences.
6: Anything you want to add, Gloria? We're all giving our uh, opinions I on think our, you too. all did a good job with that. I think what's important to emphasize is that out-of-control nature. Yes. That they may not want to be doing that, but it's that compulsive, uh, Drive and also never feeling satisfied. It's never, it's never enough, or it's never fulfilling. It's really not what they're seeking.
2: Glory, going back to the letter. um, So somebody where there are consequences. Where in this situation, the woman is acting out. I know that PCS specializes in individual and group therapy. Tell us about what, what, you know, what modalities and things you would do in the office to to help this woman and the man get back together.
6: Yes, well, another aspect of our treatment that we offer is our intensive treatment program. And that's where we offer a week, sometimes two weeks, of a combination of individual and group therapy. And it is intensive. It's all day. But the benefit is it's almost like a here's worth of therapy in one week. And that intensive therapy really allows us to go deep into that family of origin work or the childhood trauma work. We incorporate a lot of uh, trauma treatment therapies. I mentioned earlier the EMDR, the internal family system, somatic work. Those are all types of therapies that are designed to be able to help us help the client access those, what we call those stuck does, trauma does, memories. And, does insurance pay heal. for any of this?
2: Does insurance pay or is it mostly out of pocket?
6: So, uh, we, PCS does not, uh, accept insurance. However, many clients do submit what's called a super bill if yeah. their uh, insurance does uh, reimburse for
1: that. And I'm a big believer, if possible, to have intense therapy, whether it be an intensive outpatient program, whether it become a residential program. But even if not, you know, the goal isn't necessarily that the marriage needs to work. The goal is that each person lives in integrity. And we'd like the marriages to work as best as we can. But sometimes there's so much damage that's been done that... It's really hard, and the goal is to have each person living the best life they can. Um, I want to make sure that I thank Dr. Gloria Gilbert for joining us on this show. This was a really great show. We we didn't answer everything, we still, but we started making questions and opening this topic for people, and I think it was really important. Um, and Dr. Gloria was very helpful and informative. If you want to order my book, No Perfect Love, that talks about a lot of these topics. That would be very uh, helpful. And feel free to order it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or in indie bookstores as well. Thank you also to the team of Jeff Nirenberg, Joe Krauss, and Joe Dougherty. Thank you also to the listeners for tuning into The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nuremberg and friends. You've been a great audience. This is Allison Nuremberg wishing everyone a wonderful week. Until next time, keep taking chances and opening up your heart for love.
0: Thanks for listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nuremberg. For more information or to contact Dr. Allison, just go to HealingRelationshipsPA.com. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is prerecorded.